Buckle up, you're listening to episode 53 of CCP, the Caleb and Kathy podcast, also known as... Canine Contemplates People. Indeed. That canine is Enzo. He does contemplate. And the people? Mainly Benny. Yeah, he's pretty preoccupied. Yeah, he's Benny. like obsessed. <laughs> he is hardcore obsessed. Why are you so obsessed with me? Is that the line? Yeah. Um, alright, so this week, we are talking about The Art of Racing in the Rain. Quite a long title. Yes. Um, T-A-O-R-I-T-R. It could have just been called Racing in the Rain. Yeah. Is that already taken or something? If I were the editor, I'd be like... I feel like Racing in the Rain might be something. I'll, I'll, Garth. I'll I'll Google that later. Later. Great. Okay. Moving on. So... This week, as you mentioned, Garth, Garth Stein's novel from 2008, The Art of Racing in the Rain, uh, but mainly focusing on the 2019 film uh, the art of the same name, The Art of Racing in the Rain. Um, so you want to give us a quick rundown of the cast and characters from the movie? Sure. We got Enzo the dog, voice, voiced by Kevin Costner. Next, we have Denny the human. Played by Milo Ventimiglio. I I just never know how to say his name. Then we have Eve. Played by Amanda Seyfried. It's like a Ruol doll situation. We need to see him saying it. Oh no. Um, Then we have Trish and Maxwell. Which are Eve's parents. The twins I believe Enzo refers to them as. Yes. In the book. We have Tony and Mike. Which are Denny's friends. There's some other minor characters. And then we have Zoe, who is Eve and Denny's daughter. Enzo belongs to Denny first, then later Eve and Zoe. Let's hear the synopsis. The synopsis. All right. I will briefly um, recap the story. Let's hear it. There will be a few spoilers. But we'll try to avoid uh, main ones as best we can going forward, right? Deal. Okay. So, this story is told from Enzo, the dog's perspective. Um, as you said, voiced by Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. So, Denny is an aspiring race car driver. Mm-hmm. Currently an amateur. Amateur. Wants to be a pro race in Formula One one day. Um, so, at the start of the movie, he goes... Okay, so Denny lives in Seattle, Washington. Yep. Start of the movie, he goes to a small town outside of Seattle, I can't remember the name, and adopts Enzo from a farm. Um, comes back, lives with Enzo a couple of years. We, we get some, you know, flash-forward montage scenes. Yeah. Of, like, uh, them running and getting into hijinks. Oh, we should touch on here how adorable the little puppy but I mean Enzo in general like all the dogs through his iterations so cute but the puppy Enzo I mean yeah wow really adorable <laughs> yeah I, I mean, want I, sh- I should have looked so that up how many uh, different Ooh, dogs they had that would have been a good one I think at least three it had to be I you think, know the puppy I think the there were some twins involved twin dogs yeah you know how did I they, know it's not do, the same thing yeah do they count as twins or are they like octuplets that were big literates I guess Oh my gosh. What? You would. You were. Oh my. If I could have been your teacher, like, you just ask these questions that go, like, <laughs> beyond. Is that you would be so happy or? I don't know what I'd be. I'd be like, <laughs> uh, 
Not important. Caleb. Actually, what I would say to the really smart kids sometimes, if I didn't want to go too off topic, I'd be like, that's a Google. Let me know tomorrow what you think or what you find out. Yeah, Google wasn't as big of a thing when I was that age, but... True. But in this hypothetical setting, you are a child nowadays, and I am a teacher. Just saying. Anyway. Okay, yeah. Probably wouldn't just be a twin. But what I meant was, like, um, like, children playing in movies, in TV, sometimes they're twins because they can't perform certain hours, you know, there's... Is that why? Child acting laws, yeah. Ah. Um, and so it's probably not the same thing Anyways, as if dogs. They were siblings, probably, you're saying. Could be. Okay. That's a good Or. Oh, wait. Or it could be the mom, her puppies, and. Uh, and the mom's sister? I don't know. Oh, man, he just Googled it. All right. Uh, let's just see. Read the Enzo is mostly played by Parker, a two-year-old golden retriever. But a few other dogs help it out, including two dogs of unknown age named Solar and Orbit. So they were in the same litter because... According to Refinery29, a number of puppies named Undisclosed played Enzo as a puppy. Okay, so that's so several. at least four, it mm-hmm. seems like. Yeah. Four to infinity. Wow, what a set. I bet that was a fun set to be on. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, like, really distracting, though. Because you have to, like... I'm sure you like, have, like, some dog wranglers. Yeah, but you have to be... Like, a lot of this movie is pretty emotional in, like, you know, dealing with some tough aspects in life. I feel like those don't come along until the dogs are... The dog is older, though, so you don't have, like, the puppies at least running around when that stuff's happening. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I... They don't film, like, it in order. Anyway, shout-outs to Parker. He did great. Started. Parker. Kevin Orbit. Costner, better not steal that Oscar. Where's Parker's Oscar? <laughs> Do they have an Oscar for best animal performance? They need one. Oh, my God. I... Hmm. What? I just thought of, like, voice actors. Can that be an... Like, is that an Oscar? Can you... Is there a separate category for voice actors? Or you're saying, can you win, like, best lead actor for, like, a voice probably part? Probably not. They I mean, you probably be. could. You would have to do very good type of thing, I would think. I don't think that's ever happened, though. But it could. They just, usually for, like, an- well, it wouldn't be animated. This is a whole subgenre. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to open up this <sighs> can of worms. Did we even? Just wanted to shout out Parker. Caleb, I don't even think we've finished the synopsis. No, we haven't. We got off on puppy talk. Uh, should I get back into it now? It's so hard. <laughs> They're so cute. All right. So, Denny adopts Enzo from a farm. He takes him back to Seattle. I think him. we got a little bit ahead of that. I know. I was just recapping because it's been so long. <laughs> um, so then a few years down the road, he meets Eve. Who? Um, Enzo or Denny? Both. Uh, Denny. Enzo's not a big fan at first. Yeah. Um, I believe Eve, Eve is a teacher. Yes, I don't know teachers. if that is a thing in the book, but that is what she is in the movie. I forget what Eve's occupation is in the movie. Um, you mean in the book? Because in the movie it's in the I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, so then they meet. Uh, fall in love. Fall in love. Get married. A few mm-hmm. years later, they have a child, as you mentioned, Zoe. Mm-hmm. 
who's she also seems like an adorable a pretty actress. Cool kid. Oh my god, so cute! Um, All her outfits were on point. <laughs> um, and then we go a few years into the future, and then Eve ends up getting cancer. Yeah. Um, and then parents want, get involved, and the parents get involved, and then you want me to stop there? I do. Okay. All right. So what should we cover now? Okay, so now we should talk about our general thoughts on the movie, but also um, how this, did this do a good job um, being a movie movie adaptation? Like, how does it compare to the book? So, my thoughts are kind of tough to separate between the book and the movie, um, but I think yeah. that's typical when you read the book ahead it's of time. It's impossible not to think about, um, well, especially if you've read it. Sorry, I'm no, you're totally fine. talking over you. You have an eyelash that I'm going to get. Thanks. You didn't even Did you make me... a wish? It was too late. <laughs> I just flicked your wish away. Right, I'm my so wish, sorry. I can't tell. Oh, okay. Wow. Write in the comments below what you think your wish was. <laughs> um, all right. Wait, so I wanted to what? say something. What? Comments below. This isn't YouTube. <laughs> okay. What I wanted to say was, when you read a book and then shortly after see a movie, the book is really at the center of your mind. Forefront of your mind. When you read it so close to watching Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I would say, it's hard to, to detach them, or it's easy to get attached to the characters when it's like an emotional book. Yeah, definitely. Like this is. Um... So that being said, I think they did a pretty good job. You alright? <laughs> I think they did a pretty good job of adapting um, the material. There were like a few things they left out or changed, but for the most part, um, I agreed with their decisions. Not like they didn't make any major story arc changes. There was a there was a change they made though. Yeah, I guess that was kind of a major thing, but I, I didn't have a problem with it. It's all it was why they did it. done well. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay, so in the book, the se- so the second half of the book slash movie is based on this custody battle between Denny and Eve's parents, Maxwell and Trish. In the book, the crux of their trying to win over the custody of Zoe is based on this girl named Annika, who is Eve's niece, who, after, like, a party at Trish and Maxwell's house, tries to kind of seduce Denny. He um, says no and kind of calls her parents, and they come get her and whatnot. In the book... I'm sorry, in the movie, they change that to... Maxwell gets... Upset. Upset and kind of quote-unquote shoved. He, he's not really, like, shoved. He's just trying to... Danny's just trying to get away from him, and he kind of trips and falls and cracks his rib. So that's the crux of the custody battle in the movie. And I kind of get why they changed it, because during, like, you know, the Me Too, Time's Up movement, and, like, she was... Annika in the book is, like, 16. It's just kind of... It's, yeah, and I think they accomplished the same things they need to mm-hmm. by um, going with the Maxwell cracked rib story. 
I, I agree because, and to be, and to clarify here, I didn't really remember that in the book, but I... Which is surprising to me because that was, I feel like, a big I part know. of it. What I remember from this book is that it's told from the dog's perspective. True. And the dad, like, Denny, which I didn't remember, uh, the dad is, I mean, that's fine. Um, a race car driver. That's all you remembered? And the mom gets sick. Yeah. And there's a daughter, but I also thought there was a son. And yeah, that's all I remember. Okay. I read this book like over 10 years ago, probably. I read this book like over 10 days ago, probably. It's <laughs> a long time ago, like high school. I know. Tell me about it. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. Yeah. 10 well, days ago. I, I do because I eat the same thing every day. Yeah, I do too. I eat Belvita biscuits and tea. It's delicious anyway. <laughs> but yeah. God, I'm a liar. All right. I think you remember what you want to remember a little bit. Like, probably I didn't like that in the book, and so maybe that's why I didn't yeah, remember that, it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, shoot. Okay, I was going to say I agreed because... Oh, okay. The reason I agree with them changing it a little bit is because it still accomplishes the main goal, which is in the the... The goal of that in the book and the goal of that in the movie are the same. That it's kind of showing that the that Eve's parents, maybe rightly so, I don't know, um, not rightly so, but like you understand it a little bit, are having a hard time, kind of seeing what uh, Zoe's life is gonna be like with just Denny as the parent, and they want to do things to protect their granddaughter and they don't want to lose her and they know that they don't have a good relationship with Denny so they're trying to stay in her life um so it's still trying to show that there is tension between Denny and the grandparents right and they sort of paint a picture of that early on even before Zoe's in the picture like at the wedding yeah I don't think and now that I am like Maybe I remember this a little bit. I didn't realize that it was just the grand. And maybe you can, you can, give me some clarification on this. Is it, is it just the grandpa who doesn't like Denny? No, they both don't in the book. I think it yeah. is more so. Even in the book, it is more so. Maxwell than Trish, like, she, is like trying to be more kind, but yeah, they both kind of want to take Zoe away from him. But in the movie, I feel like you don't dislike the grandma. They're not... It's more the grandpa that seems like a major jerk. Yeah. So, maybe that's a difference. I don't know. It's very minor, like... It's minor? Yeah. Okay. Um. One other difference I did notice, though, mm -hmm. is... Um, in the movie, Eve collapses in the woods while running with Enzo, and I do not remember that happening in the book. And I could just not be remembering it, but I don't think that happens in the book. They probably want to make it... Before they find out uh, that she has cancer. They probably want to make it more dramatic in the movie. That is definitely a possibility. I have the uh, the literature here you're with gonna me. You're going to try to look for it? Uh, just if you were trying to say something, but you're not. Okay, sorry. I'll put the book away. Put I think literature away. I, I think that might be hard to find, but you can you can. I mean, I know what oh, I'm looking for. Okay. Um. While you do that, I'm going to give some 
Give us some moments. Some of your fave moments. Ooh, okay. Can I just say one thing to your whole why they changed it thing? Which thing? Why they changed the reason that they had the custody battle. Okay. Okay. So, I think, like, we both said, like, we think it's okay that they changed it because of what they're trying to focus on. And what I feel the movie is trying to focus on, and the book too, is, um, but more so the movie, is Denny and Eve's relationship in how, you know, Denny is a really good dad and he'll do anything for his daughter. Um, and it's just trying to focus on that and that's probably what the director and writers want you to leave with when you exit the theater or when you finish the movie instead of huh what was all that with like the sexual assault and yeah accusations and stuff i think that would almost take away because movies have like a shorter time to go into a lot of depth on something that needs more detail and that was and a book can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is pretty typical of movie adaptations. Either they change something and people don't like it, or they leave a lot of stuff out. And for this, it, it felt like it was fine. Um, but kind of a connection I was thinking of is in the, mo- the movie adaptation for Fault in Our Stars... They leave out some minor things that I didn't understand as to why. Like, the main character has at least one, like, friend outside of the new friend she makes in the book. I haven't read the book or seen the movie, so I'm not aware. But, no, continue. I was just letting the audience know. Okay. That's why I'm staying quiet. And we are definitely going to fix that at some point. Everyone, I can't believe it either. I digress. So... When I exited that movie, I was like, why would they, like, she just wasn't, it wasn't all about this boy. Like, she had a life beyond that. And I think the movie wanted us, as the audience, to just focus on their relationship. So, you, I think that there has, there's like probably a conversation. I think a, a part conversation. of it as well, not to interrupt too much, is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, is it's easier to paint a picture of somebody's life through a movie or video whereas you have to add those types of details and text because that's all you have to build out this person's life in your mind you know what I mean mm-hmm. whereas they could just have like a moment of like I haven't like I said I haven't seen the movie but mm-hmm. of like her looking at her wall with pictures of her friends on it or something mm-hmm. you know and that establish oh she has other friends or something whereas in the book I mean There's more it, it makes more sense to you know go into detail about that and kind of try to paint the picture through words of what she does besides meet this boy. Like I said, I haven't read the book, so it's tough. Yeah. To say, but. Uh, it, it's just like the, fir- the first one that was that really I could connect here. Um, I don't want to get too caught up on this part. I, I would like to talk about stuff that I did like about the movie. You can finish your thought. I'm sorry, but... Uh, okay. The, the last thing I would like to say is that there's probably, with any kind of movie adaptation, a conversation 
um, with the director and writer and all uh, producers and stuff about what we're gonna or what they're gonna put in the movie, um, what can be left out, what needs to be changed, and it's probably very strategic. Even yeah, I would hope so. I even hope they put if some thought into it. I mean, yeah, they. I hope so too. I just meant that like there are reasons as to why they're doing this and it as someone who is not a director or not in that world as just like a fan of of a book you're like oh why'd they do this but there probably is a reason Hmm. they're not just doing it because they didn't want to do it or something yeah good point what else about the movie um, another thing about the movie I thought was very well done was the soundtrack. Yes, I agree. Have a, have a couple really good George Harrison songs in there. Some Crosby, Stills, and Nash. CCR at the end. Um, it um, Denny's friends are in a Soundgarden tribute band. The called third best Soundgarden tribute band. Head Injury. Is that what it was called? I don't yeah, remember that. Yeah, I wrote it down. <laughs> I don't know if we that's a reference he- to a Soundgarden song. We didn't Not even that hear them perform. They, they talk about Spoon Man. Yeah. Great Soundgarden song. Sure. You, you, do you know Soundgarden? I've heard of the band, but I don't know anything about them. It's a Seattle band from the 90s, you know, around yes. the Nirvana era and the grunge era. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Black Hole Sun, Spoon Man. Um, trying to come up with other songs off the top of my head. You don't uh, have to. Spoon Man's a really good one. It's about... Because there's, like, a guy in the Seattle area called Spoon Man. He, like, plays spoons. Or there used to be, at oh, least. Oh, that's cool. So that's what the song's about? Kind of, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, it's good music. It's of its era, but it's good music. Anyways, I thought the soundtrack was good. What's something else you liked about it? Or, or didn't like? A comment you had on the movie. I got a few things I liked. Um, so I'll just say one we can go back and forth. Well, I don't have a whole lot of everyone's written down, so you can do a few. Okay. I, oh, this is another thing that maybe I didn't remember right away, but. Not that I didn't like more, not that you liked them anymore. I'm just, sorry, I should have said this before. You're just a more diligent note taker, so I don't have a lot of notes. That's why we can't go one for one. You can, to quote you, come up with it off the top of the dome, though. I'll, I'll play off of yours. Hmm. I'll, I'll let you finish now. Okay. Um, this isn't something that I remembered before seeing the movie, but as it was about to happen, I was like, oh my gosh, it's coming back to me. Um, and that is a zebra. Hmm. So Zoe is given this, like, this zebra stuffed animal by her grandparents and Enzo thinks that the zebra is watching him, and he gets, like, super paranoid about the zebra. So, Enzo gets left at home accidentally for a few days on his own at one point. So, he's without, like, food and much water, so he starts to, like, hallucinate a little. hmm And as a result, he attacks the zebra. But he thinks, as, as you reminded me, he thinks the zebra... Because he's hallucinating, he thinks the zebra... zebra attacked all these other animals. And then he attacked the zebra to stop him or something. Yeah. But it's funny because they, like, animate the stuffed zebra yeah. in the movie. Yeah. 
And and then you see Zoe's all upset and oh, it's the just, one time uh, Denny gets mad at Enzo. Yeah. It there's a lot going on in that scene, but I thought they did a really good job. It kind of reminded me of I guess Booksmart maybe took this from from um did Booksmart come after this? They were being filmed at the same time. Neither took one from the other. Okay, but the book was first. What are you are you talking about like the Barbie doll scene? I'm this talking is about not the same. Let me explain. I'm talking about the Barbie doll scene, but I'm also talking about that stuffed animal that she has. Oh, the panda? The panda. It, it. Okay. Not nah. No. Well, we'll never know if Zoe and that panda, or that zebra could have... <laughs> yeah, we don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry? Um, Eve gets a, Chris, a hat for Christmas from Denny. That she's like, eh, not that cute. Never mind. Um, no, she says it. Maybe not to Denny, but to Enzo. To, to Enzo. Uh, but then it it makes a return, a very sweet return that I won't give away. So I liked that. Multiple sweet returns, I would say. Mm, that's true. Um, okay, and then here's some some of my thoughts about Enzo, just as a, a dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, so since he has, we get a you know an inside look at his consciousness. Um, we really see him grapple with the fact that while he likes the relationships he's able to build through being a dog it's very hard for him to not be able to communicate with the people he love loves in a way that like they can understand um and so that that really makes you feel for Enzo and that that must be I mean I don't I don't know it must be hard for animals not to do that like not Maybe they they might not consciously know. Who knows what goes on in, in the brain of an animal. Mm-hmm. But when you're a pet, I, I'm sure like Newton wishes sometimes that he could just say to us like, hey guys, I, I want attention or I want, want food. And we might think we know what he wants, but we might not always. It's just something to consider. Um, considered consider it considered oh um but he's enzo is able to overcome this by knowing what his people need he knows that like one example denny is sad and wants to be alone and sad but what he really needs is to watch racing on television and feel better and not feel alone and have comfort of Enzo. Um, just, that's just one example. So you're, you get to see that in the movie and read about it in the book and it really just like warms your heart. And that's the capacity that animals have that can, that makes us love them so much, you know? Because they just have unconditional love for us. Like animals, domesticated animals that are our pets. They love us unconditionally. Um, Sometimes they wander with Newton, you know. (laughs) You don't think he loves us? Unconditionally is the part I'm I'm wrestling with. I think that's more of a dog. You said pets. Yeah. No, but I'm... (laughs) 
You're right. My un- fish does not un- I don't have a fish, but if I did. Okay. Dogs. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I wanted you to say. Okay. Do you have some thoughts? Um, well, speaking of dogs, and you were talking about how great Enzo is, I, I wrote in my notes here, pet goals. I love Newton, but pet goals. <laughs> For Enzo, because of just how great he is and how smart he is, you know, like you were saying, like, oh, i got to cheer Denny up. I'll go turn on the TV. Um, knowing how to, like, cheer Zoe up and all that, and... And just such a well-trained dog as well, running with uh, Denny at certain points, you know? I completely agree. It's so cute. I love their relationships. Yeah, it really is like, man, I want a golden retriever. I I really do, but I want to rescue a dog, so it's not going to be a golden retriever. Okay, you keep saying that. Maybe it will. But, like, who would give away a golden retriever? Some monsters out there, you know? Yeah, there are some really head-shaking people. All right. There... Should we mention there were some, like, funny parts of this movie? I mean, I know I mentioned the zebra part, but, like, this movie is not all sad. Like, when he's spying... um, Enzo is spying for his... His owner, you know, he wants to get some insider information from the twins. And he, well, okay, I don't want to spoil what he does, but it is... Then why'd you bring it up? Alright, fine. He poops on this white carpet. He intentionally eats a chili pepper that he knows will make him sick. And then he poops all over the carpet and... Because he's a dumb dog. That's what Maxwell thinks. It's really funny. Okay. Now back to the heartwarming stuff. <laughs> Eve. Heartwarming? I wrote down heart wrenching. Okay. And tear jerking. Mm, I didn't cry. I mean, I didn't either, but I throw myself close sometimes. It's not that I want to see you cry. I just feel like you don't, and I'm just confused by it. But. One day. I have a tear duct disorder. Really? No. It's the first time I'm hearing about it. I didn't know how to tell you. It, I mean, I, yeah. I can I mean, see. How do you bring that up? Something. Yeah, you know? that's hard. Um, okay. So, Eve, like, over and over, it's kind of like a little thing that she and Denny have where she encourages Denny to pursue his dreams and not to quit. And... I feel like Enzo kind of carries on that message after some things happen. (laughs) Um, And I just... Smooth. Thank you. It just warms your heart. It's like, oh, Denny, you can be a good dad and also follow your dreams. And I think he, he comes to realize that. Yeah. Okay random, but we haven't really talked that much about how Enzo just loves television and, like, watching TV. And I read some article once that said that I think it was talking about dogs, but maybe, like, pets in general. Like, 
can't see the, te- like, they can hear the television, but they, their eyes are different, and they can't see what's on the television. Like, a certain type of, like, lighting. U- like, to, like, UV lighting. Yeah, I don't know, light. they but. They perceive it or something. This book, slash movie. How do they test that? I don't know, man. Um, Maybe they turn a TV on with no sound and see if, like, the dog looks at it or something. I'll have Anyways. to find, I think it was, like, NPR or something. I'll find the article, and we'll, we can discuss, but. Okay. Yeah, this this book is like no. Enzo watches TV. He maybe this caused that NPR article to be written. <laughs> People wanted to debunk it. Um, and he learns stuff about like Mongolia and which is in the book, and they do a good job of um, talking about that. Excuse me, in the movie. Yeah, I just love that he like likes television. Like that's a fun personality or character trait that he has. Relatable. I mean, TV is great. Um, okay. This is like kind of a spoiler, but it should be expected that Enzo's life is not as long as his owner's life. Right? I'm going to say yes. Okay, so Enzo's final ride in the race car with or is it a race car or is it just a Ferrari? I don't know. Okay, unclear. It's like an older racing car. Yeah. Um, with Denny is so cute and he's like head sticking out <laughs> and he's just loving life. And I felt like that was the perfect way to kind of like cap their friendship and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Freaking loved it. Because Enzo always wanted to race with him. Yeah, and he like he kind of takes on, like, he becomes interested in racing because of Denny. Like, low-key because he's obsessed with him. But also because he, they, like, can bond over that and they they love each other for that. Enzo is just the freaking cutest and the best pet. And the movie does a really good job of showing that, I think. Um... Yeah, and there's just a it lot of, like... Be better if they would have added the uh, Dewey Cox original Beautiful Ride over that uh, final drive. No, disagree. Okay. What? <laughs> Is that the song at the end? Yeah. Oh, that was a good song, wasn't it? It's a beautiful ride. Oh, yeah. Beautiful ride. Okay, don't go anymore because we'll get in trouble. Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> Um, but there's also, like, some life lessons that um, Enzo learns from racing and from Denny. And I won't go into them, but they're, like, throughout the movie. And it, it's very, it's very touching. I have some dog questions for you. All right, let's get into them. Okay. All right. Do you have a particular memory of a dog that you had growing up? Like, one maybe a pet or just a dog that meant a lot to you? Any kind of memory that you want to share about a dog in you? Um, I remember getting Rocky, my dog. He's a beagle. He lives at my parents. He mm-hmm. is now... Really old. 14 years old. Dang. Yeah. Um, remember getting him in, like, January. It was icy, and we had to drive on, like, these back roads... To this person's house to go get him, picking him out, 
mm-hmm. and everything. Did you guys have like a moment where you just fell in love with each other? I don't remember specifically. I remember him being he him being quieter. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I picked him. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know, taking him on walks and stuff like that. Nothing particular sticks out like a a moment like oh you or anything like that. But mm-hmm. what about you? I would say that I, so I had two dogs um, throughout my childhood. And both of them were just wonderful dogs. First there was Chester, and then there was Canyon. They were both German Shepherd mixes, and uh, both rescues, and both just, like, sweet dogs. But I think for different reasons. Um, And, like, I always, like, I grew up with Chester, and it was really sad um, when they had to put him down. Because I was at summer camp, and... Um, when I came back, like I like went into my house, you know, and he wasn't there, and that was like the first question I had, cause I'd already said how you know hi my parents and stuff. Oh, um, I was like, where's Chester? And then they like sat me down. That was like one of the saddest days of my life. Chester went to the farm because they were like talking about how when I was gone and he was going blind, he would, like, go to my bedside like he used to and just, like, lay there and wish that I was there. It was so sweet. But, yeah, he was just a really, like, protective and sweet dog. And then we got Canyon, and the day we got Canyon, um, I, I don't know, We it's still unclear what he did, if he puked or pooped in our trunk. But when we why was the dog in the trunk? It was like an op- like an oh, like a hatchback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just shoved him no, in the trunk. No, this isn't my mom had a Volvo. There's no light. He's getting bounced around. No, it was no. Cube. He was motion sick. No. <laughs> Poor Canyon. Oh my gosh, Caleb! No, no. It was like, like. Uh, you know what a Volvo is? You know yeah. how they have like like kind of that open like you the dog can like sit in the back and was it a station wagon? And you can like see everybody and it there's no like was it a partition. station wagon? I don't know, Caleb. It was a Volvo. Anyway. There's di- Volvo's a brand of car. They're different models. Anyways, Caleb, Caleb, we were not. This was like legit, okay? I know. I was just joking. Okay. <laughs> this is a funny I know story. You, you didn't shove him in a trunk. Okay, this is a funny story. So we're driving. Like, we pick Kenyon up, and he was also kind of quiet and reserved when we got him, but he was really cute and sweet. We pick him up. Okay, we're driving to like PetSmart or Petco or one of those, and I like kind of smell something, and I look in the back, and I'm like, Kenyon puked slash maybe pooped then we get there um we couldn't do anything about it on the road then we get there and it's gone guys i think he ate it like oh my gosh this poor dog anyway but he was also really sweet and i felt bad because when i mean you you have to grow up and stuff and when i went away to college he was still there and I feel like when I would come home he wouldn't remember me it was probably all in my head I don't know um but 
it was hard being apart from my doggy. And then he, they had to put him to sleep, um, like my first year out being an adult. I was just so sad. All right, those are some good happy memories you had with your animals there of them dying. I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying that like, okay, I told the poop one. <laughs> no, like I remember Chester, like we had a huge back, we had a big backyard in Wichita, and he would just like run around, and we would play like soccer with him. But whenever he would kind of kick it, like it would go so far, and he would get it so quickly, it just it was not a successful game. Maybe it was for him, though. Yeah, he was killing it. He was very athletic. Killing the game. Yeah. I I really, like, enjoyed growing up with dogs and having them in my dogs life. Dogs are cool. Yeah. It wasn't until you that I had, like, any kind of experience with a cat, because my mom's allergic. Um, But now I kind of see the appeal. I like Newton. We've gotten to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. They're chill animals, for the most part. Have you read any books or um, watched any movies that are from a dog's perspective or um, an animal's perspective? Not counting children's books, I presume. No, counting them. Oh. <laughs> um, because my example is a children's book. <laughs> dang it, I shouldn't have brought it up because I don't even have a specific children's Scooby book. Scooby-Doo, Clifford. But those aren't from their perspective. Yeah. This book is. All right, I don't have any then. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't I'm, mean that. I'm not mad. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. How about that? It was a TV show, but it was kind of from Courage's perspective. It was from his perspective. Nice. When I was younger, I read this book. I'm pretty sure it's called A Dog's Life, and it's by Anne Martin, the baby Babysitter Club author. Maybe you've heard of her. It was a beautiful book. It's a pretty quick, quick read. Like, it's a chapter book, but, like, not really. Um... And it was just, like, really touching. And it made me kind of think of, like, whoa, you know, what are dogs thinking about? What are dogs thinking? Well, yeah, I mean, like, how... There is a certain element of, like, they have to be aware of... They're aware of our emotions. Like, they know when we're upset and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? And they might not be able to have, like, philosophical thoughts, but maybe they do. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? Well, what's the book about? You didn't tell us. Oh, this book is like, or this dog is like a stray, and it's like his story of survival. Um, it's like I said, from his perspective, and I don't remember if the book it might be like told in prose. Is what's the Homeward Bound? There you go. There's a movie from Dog's oh, Perspective. Oh, and book. It's a book too. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, great example. Thank you. Gold star for you. Wow. Um, Chance. That's a great dog right there. I don't remember the other dog's names. Oh well, my, there was, I love there was that one you other dog one and a cat, right? Yeah, one of them was a cat. Chance was like the young pup. Those are two dogs and a cat. Yeah, there, Chance was the younger dog. I believe he was voiced by Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and then there was an older dog who was like that. a golden retriever, and I forget what his name was. Yeah. Anyways. That's, that's so good. I... <laughs> Yeah, I forget about that. That's a good, that's a good movie. I'll look it up while you. I don't remember if I read the book. I think I tried to read the book, but it's long. Um, yeah, 
And then I had another thing about dogs, but I don't really remember what the question was, so we can leave it at that. Um, final thoughts, I guess. The, the other dog, just quickly, it was Shadow. Sally and Field? Sally Field played Sassy the Cat. Wait, who who plays Shadow? That's Shadow. Oh, I don't, it was like Ralph. Oh, Caleb. Wait. Caleb. What? Caleb. What? I'm thinking of a different movie. You don't know what Homeward Bound is? No, I might, but that's not what I'm thinking of. Okay, I was going to be surprised if it was a book. That's why I was... What are you thinking of? I'm thinking of An Incredible Journey. I don't know what that is. It's like basically what you described, but it's a book and it's a movie, and it's kind of like old-timey, and it's about dogs All right, well, surviving. The, the, all right, we'll talk about this off the air. Should we... I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. Wow. Glad to have that cleared up that we were talking about we different things. We were not talking about the same thing. I don't know if I've seen that. I think okay. I, what I've seen I think seen you is, would enjoy it. It's way better, but I guess I don't know. We were shaking on it. Okay, so we're going to watch both and compare? Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay, maybe, maybe the people want that. I don't know. Okay, but later on. Because... See, what, see what they think of this. <laughs> Alright, should we move on to our next segment? <laughs> Wait, do uh, we want to give stuff fi- left? final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good apta- adaptation. If you have not read the book, I would recommend it. It's a very good read. And a quick read. Yeah, it's, it is a quick read. I remember, like, I read this book. My parents read it. My grandma may have read it. Like She said she did. For a book club. Oh, okay. So I don't remember who read it first or whatever, but... I mean, yeah, it was something for the whole family, really. It's just a great book. And I was pretty pleased with the movie, too. Yeah. I, I mean, anything with Milo and Amanda in it. What else have you seen him in besides Gilmore Girls? This Is Us. Okay. And other stuff, too. He's been in other stuff. Okay. Don't quiz me. <laughs> His best role will always be Jess, okay? All right. Okay. Did you give your final Those thoughts? Those are my final thoughts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> falling off the rails here. Should we move on to our next segment? I am not falling off the rails. I am cruising. Alright, so let's do our CCP. Our currently captivating positive. You want me to go first? Okay, I'll go first. I don't know what yours is. You said you had a couple, I thought. I do. I do as well. I th- Let's see if we have some crossover. There's potential. I'll start with the one that is the potential crossover. So this uh, last weekend, the 11th, we saw uh, the greeting committee. And what's that face mean? It means this is not. Oh, okay. Um, the greeting committee and Samia. Oh, <laughs> I do love her now. At uh, in Kansas City at the Uptown, Uptown Theater, um, it was an excellent show. Mm-hmm. Um, had an unknown opener, Samia, who we really enjoyed. So that's always fun. Um, and then the Green Committee put on a great show. They uh, had a lot of good, like you know, energy, and then also some quiet songs. They did like a good cool mix. thing where they. Came, came out, out into and, the crowd yeah, and played cool. for their last song and then just kind of walked out. That was cool. Yeah, man. It was dope. It was cool. Um, 
yeah, they they always put on a good show, especially in Kansas City because it's their hometown. So. I know it's really sweet. Um, so that is one of mine, and then the other one is um, when this podcast comes out, we'll see how I'm feeling about this. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed for uh, Sunday the, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, sorry. <sighs> we're we're currently uh gonna be playing in the AFC. Not we, not we. Uh, I'm not on the team. <laughs> The team is going to be playing in the AFC Championship uh, for the second year in a row, and I'm excited, and hopefully they can make it to the Super Bowl. Hopefully they can make it to the Super Bowl. I'm not on the team. Yes. Mrs. Liebenau, you have a question? Yes. Okay. You can still think they did, like, a good job this past weekend. Like, even if they don't win, I'm not saying they're going to win, lose, who knows? I want it to keep being my CCP, though. Oh. I actually watched most of that game, so I'm not saying something. I like Butker. Okay. The kicker. Harrison Butker, for those out there who aren't aware. All right, so those were my... Do you like the name Harrison? Eh. Okay. He would... Harrison was the tall kid on West Platte, a rival basketball team. (laughs) Okay. And I had to work really hard to box him out and get over the back calls. They always beat us. Because he was like six foot tall in fifth grade. <laughs> okay, definitely feel like I've <laughs> asked you this question, and I'm so sorry. Moving on. All right, what are your current like? Okay, so I have some podcasts that I've been really enjoying. All right, first we got a piece of work, and this is Abby Jacobson's podcast, and I love Abby Jacobson, which I've already talked about, so we can move on. Um, but she has a great podcast called a piece of work um she has an art background and she like takes her friends to art museums and talks about different styles of art i think it's in collaboration with the moma it is it is and this is really saying something if you know anything about me um maybe you don't maybe you're just some random stranger out there i hope because i hope we have random (laughs) listeners i hope you're a stranger i want you to be um (laughs) unless you aren't then i don't want you to be friend Okay, you know what? The point of this is just to say that I'm not, like, a huge art museum person, um, but this, like, kind of inspired me to want to go to an art museum. So, I... That encouraged Caleb to listen to it, so that's saying something. Okay, the second podcast that I highly recommend is Dolly Parton's America, um, which is so well done. It's personal. It's, um... It's just, it does a great job of talking about Dolly's professional life and a little about, and her personal life too, um, and her, her musical journey and beyond and her politics or lack thereof. It's just a really good podcast. And the last one, so the Dolly one and the Abby one, I've finished completely. Highly recommend. This one, I'm still... The hell was that? Is that a beep? And we're back. Okay. Um, <laughs> we think it's a horn, but who knows? Okay. Um, the last one I'm like currently listening to, and it's called Nancy, and it deals with a lot of um, the LGBTQIA+. Hmm. Plus. 
um, community and different issues, and it's also personal. When I say personal, I mean, like, I guess all of these hosts of each of the podcasts, they have, like, a personal connection to the subject matter, and I think that adds a lot to um, a podcast. And so it's just really heartfelt and well done. And I like that the Abby one and Nancy both are pretty short, so they're easy to binge. But, like, also they don't have to go on and on and on. Like, I like that. Unless they're really captivating and I need it to be long. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so those three podcasts, A Piece of Work, Dolly Parton's America, and Nancy. All highly recommend. And Abby at the end of a piece of work suggested listening to Nancy. So that's how I found out about it. I was wondering how that came about. Yeah. I'm really liking it. Okay. Okay. Next week. Okay. Next week. Do you want to tell the, the listeners what well, we're going to be watching? I think you should. Cause it's okay. Thank you so much. I mean, I wanted to. You intentionally did that. No. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So in Dolly Parton's America, the podcast that I was just talking about, they talk about this movie that she did and a song that she did called Nine to Five. And so I was like, I have not seen this movie. I should watch it. And so we got it from the library. Ugh, love the library. And we are going to watch the movie. And I think it will, even though it's from a bit ago, we'll get the year soon. Um, it, the issues that it talks about, I think are still going to ring true today because that's kind of what they talked about in the podcast, but we will do our own spin on it and I'm looking forward to watching it. I really hope it's good. Yeah. We can talk about Dolly a little bit, maybe. Yeah. To like add in what we, what we learned. Yeah. Cause we both listened to the podcast, the Dolly Parton's America one. And it's going to get me pumped because Lily Tomlin and, um, um, ah. Uh, Jane Fonda. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, ah, uh, uh, in it, uh, and I love them in Grace and Frankie, and the new season of Grace and Frankie just came out, and so I need to watch that, so it's just gonna get me pumped. I'm excited. Alright, so look forward to that next week. Uh, it's very possible you've already seen it, because I think this movie came out in the 70s, uh, possibly the 80s, so it's very old. Well, throwback! If you haven't, feel free to watch along with us, and we'll discuss next week. All right, so go hug those loved ones. And don't forget to vote. And we will be back next Sunday. Thank you for listening. Bye.